Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. It was another frustrating game, and it's quickly becoming another frustrating season. And look, things just feel kind of weird right now. Things are kind of bizarre in 49ers land. This is Al Sacco with you, 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, no Zane this week. And you know when either Zane or myself aren't here, we like to highlight other podcasters, other content creators that we're fans of, that we think are doing a great job to come on and co-host with us. And I'm pumped, really pumped today to talk to our co-host. He is one of the hosts of the Sprint Right Option Podcast, and he does a million other things too. I'm sure you've seen him all over Twitter and every podcast imaginable. He's Jason Aponte. Jason, thanks for being here, man. Al, thank you for having me, man. Um, I'm honored that you would even consider me as as considering when I started out, I, I used to listen to you guys a lot. Not that I don't anymore. I just, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that my, my thoughts flow so I don't steal from guys smarter than me like you. Oh, I appreciate that, man. And listen, so w- the way I discovered you guys, I remember, so I remember, it's probably like last season, early last season, was you and, what's Andrew's last name, your co-host? Pasquini. Pasquini. So it's you and Andrew, and I, I think Javi was on your show. And I just happened to be scrolling through Twitter and I was like, let me listen to these guys. And one of my things with, you know, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, but I don't like when people are kind of all sunshine and roses and, and red and gold colored glasses. I, when people keep it real. And I remember I was listening to your show. I'll check these guys out. And you guys were just talking and you were just as honest and as real. And you knew what you were talking about and you didn't pull any punches. And I was like, all right, these guys, these guys are on to something. Started following you guys, started paying attention. And yeah, you guys, you know, Javi, you and Andrew, you, you guys are all killing it out there. It's like the next generation of podcasts and you guys are coming up and doing awesome. And yeah, we're, I'm, I'm pumped to talk to Anders with you today, man. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to hear you say that because I remember that day pretty uh, well, actually. Um, we were on there and we were doing a segment called Say Something Positive, but at the same time, we were still highlighting everything that was going on with the team. And uh, I remember, yeah. you know, you followed Andrew and myself and, I, and me and Andrew text each other like, did Al Cycle just follow you? It's just, it was just really <laughs> funny. <laughs> so it was a big moment. I actually remember that, that exact episode. So it's, it's really cool to hear that. And yeah, I'm pumped to talk about the Niners with you too, man. It's a big thing for me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into the game here. And I guess, I know you're just as frustrated as I am with what's going on. And it seems like the fan base right now is not that we're starting it to revolt, but there's just a lot of anger. There's a lot of what the hell is going on. There's a lot of, is, is this going to be another kind of weird Jim Harbaugh situation? Not, not that, not that we think York and Shanahan are going to fall out, but just that was so strange. And it kind of has that feeling right now, but I guess before we get into all that, let's start with a little bit with this game and in the debut with Trey Lance. And to me, Jay, it just, it seemed like the game plan was, was clunky. It was strange. I thought that they would, especially when you're going against Arizona, who was giving up, I think, almost five and a half yards of carry. I thought they were really going to try to pound the ball. I thought they were really going to try to run and protect Lance. I thought you'd see a lot of play action because that's what he did in college. I thought that was one of the reasons they, they brought him in. But it almost seemed like the game plan was almost like to put it all on his shoulders, like you would a Josh Allen or something like that. And it, it was bizarre to me. And I didn't think he got a lot of help. Now, he moved the ball. They were in Arizona territory eight out of nine possessions i don't think he threw the ball particularly well i thought he looked like a rookie you know he did sometimes but there were a lot of passes where he definitely looked like a rookie but just some of the constantly running him in between the tackles and it was just it was a really clunky game plan to me what did what did you think of that 
Yeah, I mean, I, I echo those sentiments. When when we were in camp, you know, watching him, the zone read was very big. It was to get him outside, and it was to just read defenders and hold those those edge rushers, right? And you, you kind of figured, you know, you don't really have to be an X's and O's guy to figure out, okay, how do you slow down this Arizona offense? Not only does your defense do it, but by keeping them on the sideline and pounding the ball, right? You know, the first play of the game is so indicative of it, he comes out naked in an empty set. And immediately mm-hmm. what happens is the protection isn't there, and guess what? The Chandler Jones is rushing free at him, but guess what? The kid made 14 out of it. And and that's the that's the type of stuff that you point to. And that's the stuff that's kind of frustrating. Those QB powers into the back of the line. I get the play call and I can see how it's used, but you know, you don't want to put him in positions where he is the leading rusher on the team. In no way did I want to see Trey Lance outrush either Elijah Mitchell or Trey Sermon, who for some reason gets only two snaps. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, too, with the personnel mm-hmm. decisions. But but yes, I would have thought that the 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 entire time. The way that you slow everything down is you run the ball, you get him some easy throws off play action, but that never really seemed like that's what was going to be going on in the beginning. Yeah, it was just just sort of sort of a bizarre game plan. Overall, I mean, did he look like a rookie? Yes. But also considering how much they put on his shoulders, I was encouraged. I was definitely encouraged. And, and I've seen some mixed reviews on him in terms of his, his first performance. I know Middlecoff and Haberman weren't very complimentary, and I usually agree with those guys, and I didn't with that. Because I thought Lance made sort of the most out, out of what he had. I mean, sure, he looked like a rookie, absolutely. And some of his, I don't know if he saw the field very well. Some of his throws were inaccurate. But again, when you put that much on him, and I saw Brian Baldinger tweet today that the team played so poorly around him, it's hard to judge him. And I thought that was a really good way to put it. You look at the holding calls, the drop passes. They just like to look like a very dysfunctional offense. And that's Jay, that's been the problem this year. This offense has looked clunky and dysfunctional, whether it's been Jimmy or, or Trey, they have no identity. It's like, they don't know which way they're going. And maybe it had a little bit to do with that. There's the quarterbacks have two different styles of play. I don't know, but you would have hoped they would have been a little bit more prepared than that. So I'm optimistic with Lance is in terms of what he looked like, but I just, I didn't think there was a lot of help there from the rest of the team. Right. And that was my takeaway is the kid had so many things around him failing, whether it was execution, whether it was just penalties, drops, all of those things were happening around him. But yet he still kept fighting. He still kept putting himself in a position where they were in scoring position. I mean, they got on the other side of the field many times. So that's what I walked away encouraged about. The kid was able to succeed with all things around him crumbling. So at times, obviously, that's got to get better, right? Because it can't be as bad Mm -hmm. as it was. But I, I would really enjoyed the way the kid fought. I really thought that I walked away super encouraged. Sure, bad throws, but there are two sparklers in there to Brandon Ayuk, who we're going to also talk about. That throw on the sideline was an absolute dime. It was thrown through a keyhole, and and Brandon Ayuk came up with it when they had to have it. And another time, you know, the the other one that he's held on, he caught with his left arm, and it was a great throw. It was right on there. I understand the interception. Everybody's going to point to that. His shoulder just dipped a little bit, and he that was first play jitters. I really was fine with getting it out of the way right there. It didn't really, I mean, the first drive they wind up scoring, it looks like maybe this one's going to get out of hand. But for all those things considered, with, with everything, the bad game planning, well, the, the poor game planning, I would say, um, the, the drops, the penalties, the execution, he still fought and he was still right there at the end with a chance to win the game. That's, that's my takeaway from it. And now, of course, he's, he's got the sprained knee and you're like, of course he does, <sighs> because who doesn't get hurt yep. on this team? with the injuries. And that's yet another thing we'll get into in the show is the injuries because I've absolutely had it. Like I'm about to lose my mind, but we'll get into that. Assuming he's healthy, 
what do you do with him moving forward? Does he start or do you go back to Jimmy if everybody's healthy? Mm. He has to start. I mean, look, yeah, I yeah. know the 49er fans don't want I don't, I know the 49er fans don't want to hear this, but this team right now does not look like a Super Bowl contender. On the flip side of that, if this team can get right with the running game with Trey Lance, they can absolutely be in the playoffs. And that's really all you're looking for at this point. You just want to get a shot and get in the dance. So there is a way to develop Trey Lance and there's a way to win games as well. And I think that's where we're at at this point. At this point, it feels like you're stunting the growth of the kid and you're starting to not show me any sort of plan, which is really the bigger concern when it comes to who's developing this person, this this quarterback, who's the one who's actually calling the shots. What's the plan? What's the move? Is it for him to sit? I don't know. I think that the kids should try to learn on the fly right now at this point, only because I just don't think that this team is going to be competing for a Super Bowl. And at the same time, they can still make the playoffs with Trey Lance if he's able to have everybody else around him, uh, you know, step up a little bit more. And that's a good question. What the hell is the plan right now? <sighs> is there even a plan? Are they just flying by the seat, the seat of their pants? If you look back, and I've talked about this on the show numerous times, but if you just go back to the Stafford stuff in Jan- January, February, whenever it was, it's it's just been the Niners trying to do something different at quarterback over and over and over again. They went to Stafford, they check in to Darnold, they, they wanted Deshaun Watson, then he has the legal stuff and that, that falls apart. Then they make the trade. And now you have this this quarterback who, it's not like they took a quarterback, they sat at 12 and took a quarterback or took somebody in the second round. They mortgaged the future for this guy, right? They mortgaged the future. They traded multiple first round picks. You bring him in and he was more of, I guess, a project pick of the quarterbacks, you could say, just because he hadn't played and, and he was at North Dakota State. So you could argue, okay, it, it makes sense to, to keep Garoppolo and see how he does. That, that all made sense to me. But, but the way it's been handled, and even you just look at the way Shanahan, this was I, probably August, when he, I think it was on Sean McVay's podcast. And he's talking about how much he wanted Matt Stafford, how upset he was. That was just bizarre to me in -hmm. terms of handling that. Why are you saying these things when you have two different quarterbacks on your roster? I just thought it was really bizarre. Like he doesn't have to go that in detail on it. And then you go into the season and there's all the talk and, you know, Trey looks great at practice and they're splitting the reps and this sort of thing. And then he gets in the season. Oh no, we love Jimmy. Jimmy's the quarterback. We, We absolutely love Jimmy. And all of a sudden he's got, you know, J- Jimmy's my man. When he's literally everything he's said and done for the last eight months has been like, I want nothing to do with Jimmy. He's a lame duck, right? So now I just kind of wonder with all this, and I don't know anything. This is just outside looking in, things look weird and dysfunctional. Is that locker room fractured a little bit? Are there some people who may be thinking we're on Jimmy's side or we're on Trey's side or, or just what the hell is going on? What's the plan? Because we're thinking that. So it's just a little crazy and bizarre and uneven the way they've handled this all, right? Right. I mean, when you talk about the plan to get Trey Lance, that's literally plan Z. We're not talking plan B, plan C. They literally, you know, made open attempts at literally every single quarterback, able-bodied, two-armed quarterback in these United States to to be, you know, you literally went down the list. At first, they had a chance at Brady. The the Stafford thing is, is something that's very real, the Watson thing. Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater. I can go on. Like they're Andy Dalton. All of Andy Dalton, people, yes. Yeah. Yep. All, all these people connected to the 49ers. I don't care what you say in your press conference. Your action your actions are showing you're on quarterback tender swiping right on every single quarterback at this point. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's a weird thing when they say, Oh, well, we wanted to get to three. It almost feels like we've exhausted every single veteran option out there. And now let's just trade up. And and that to me doesn't signify a plan. Now, after that. I don't know what the plan is moving forward with this quarterback situation because you're absolutely right. 
I agree with you 100%. You see the move, and, and Kyle Shanahan is not stupid when it comes to this, is no one would blame you for starting Jimmy only because Trey Lance is a 21-year-old. I understand draft capital, all of those things, but he can still play that old-school way of developing you know, quarterbacks, and no one would blame him, right? But at the point when you start to see where the offense is, even with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you just watch what Trey Lance did when things were not great and they have to get better because how can it get any worse specifically? I don't know how you can look at this disparity in the ceiling of the offenses and say, yes, I'd like to go back to that guy because for all those things, Trey Lance threw one ball that was interceptable and it was caught, it was picked off. Jimmy Garoppolo is a is a turnover worthy play uh what is it turnover worthy pass like i don't know he's very high up on this list and he doesn't take any chances and and that's the thing what mistakes can you live with if it's going to be from a rookie who's developing i can live with those mistakes because you get those big plays ergo the first one that i talked about where it was a it was a little literal free rusher and trey lance takes off and gets 14 yards that's not in the bag for anybody else so i think all the game planning can change so at this point it really just begs the question what is the move going forward? And what are you telling this team? And I get, I can guarantee you there are people in this locker room halfway down on Jimmy, halfway down on Lance. And these are the things that you talk about when you say, you know, people are getting worried about like a hardball situation where things get fractured and they get worse before they get better. I'm not all the way in that camp right now, but I can definitely see there being some tension in the locker room based on who people want to start. Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes. But I think for me, I think the way that Shanahan and Lynch are looking at it are, is we need to win this year and they do <laughs> they have right. to start winning i've said this a million times like this had to be the start of their window where you have kittle and warner and bosa and in debo and we thought Ayuk and guys like that this is the start of your window not that you have to go 14 and 3 and get to the super bowl this year but you got to win like 11 games and get be in the playoff picture you have to start doing it at some point and i do think lynch and shanahan are kind of feeling that pressure right now and you could see with how quickly the fan base has been like what the hell is going on Kyle Shanahan is the only coach in 49ers history to have 10, three 10 loss losing seasons. It's not, obviously that's not good. Now you could say, all right, he started rebuilding and then he got into the Super Bowl. And then last year was injuries. Okay. Uh, but I'm done with the excuses, Jay. I, I, I'm done. At some point they have to start, they have to start winning games. And if you look at it right now, 2019 is the exception. It's not the rule. That seems like that was right. kind of the offset year. If you take that year out, which what is Shanahan, 18 and 35 as a head coach? Yeah. I mean, that's abysmal. Right. It's absolutely terrible. It's right. not even like, okay, you know, they're, they're, everybody hates Matt Nagy, right? He goes like eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Shanahan's 18 and he's, he's what, eight games under 500 now or whatever it is, seven or eight games under 500 for his career. That's not good. So yeah. I think for them too, I think they kind of feel that, yeah, we need to start winning. So that may be why they're kind of holding on to Jimmy, right? They know Jimmy. A healthy Jimmy, I don't think, again, I don't think we're going to go 14 and three, but he could probably get him to 10 and seven, right? And, right. And then that kind of buys him a year. That, that's how I, that's where I feel the mindset is anyway. Yeah, I, I think that you're dead on with that. And I think that's exactly what they're thinking. But I think that it highlights the, the wrong thought process of run it back because 2019 is never going to be attainable again. And when right. I said things like that, you know, you get killed for it because that defense played so well. And people just forget all the special circumstances that happen in these games. Teams lose a game and then you get a home game instead of a, an away game. Um, everybody was afraid to play the Saints in 2019. Minnesota knocks them off and they come in and, and pretty much it was, a, it was a done deal at that point. So I think that people are discounting how many things went the 49ers way in 2019. Sure, they had injuries, but they didn't have big name injuries. And I think you're right. That is the exception. 
I think the flawed logic and the way that they thought that this season would go is just run it back to 2019 and let's just get there. And let's just, I don't know if you can do that again because of the circumstances around that season and so hard to duplicate. All right. I know you have some strong opinions on Kyle Shannon. We're, we're, we're going to get there because I listened to a little bit of your podcast this week and it was, it was pretty entertaining that w- what you had to say about that. But before we do that, I want to talk about this Ayuk situation because I'm to the point now where I'm, I'm angry about this. Yeah. John Lynch said on KNBR that he needs to take the next step tonight. I don't know what he's doing off the field. I don't know what he's doing on practice at practice. I know what I saw on Sunday and you highlighted it. He made two outstanding catches. Outstanding. One where he makes a great grab and then he runs to get, I think it was second and 25. He runs to get the first down. He looked really good. And if you're trying to make a point with this guy, maybe when you're two and three and your offense isn't working, maybe that's not the way to make a point. You need Brandon Ayuk. You absolutely need him. And I don't want to hear people say like, oh, well, Debo wasn't healthy last year. That's why he got so many targets. Bullshit. You give your good players targets. Are the Chiefs not throwing to their good players? Are the Bills not throwing to Emmanuel Sanders because they have Stephon Diggs? No, you get your good players targets. And the 49ers cannot move the ball. They cannot afford to be picky with who they're throwing the ball to. You need more than Debo. Ayuk is, a, is it supposed to be somebody you trade up for him in the first round. He had a great rookie season. He's someone you need to highlight and bring along and get the ball to make him a part of your game plan. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Or what kind of point they're trying to make with this at all? Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right because it's confusion because it's so many other things besides the, the 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 actual actions. It's the words. Okay, so I went to camp. I saw Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield had an amazing camp. There is no doubt about that. So when Kyle Shanahan tells me, "Hey, Trent Sherfield is outplaying Ayuk. We're trying to work him back," then where's Trent Sherfield? Why is he not running in front of Tra- Travis Benjamin right. and Mohamed Sanu? I don't understand the thought process. Travis Benjamin is brought up. I don't want to hear that, that Trey Lance needs him as a deep threat. You know what Travis Benjamin needs to be doing? Catching punts. Because if we're going to have anybody back there to do that, it should be him as opposed to Brandon Ayuk, who has a chance to get injured, right? Okay. Now, we're talking about a player who last year, when Nick Mullins was in there, was actually the only reason that the offense was moving at times, right? Against the best corners mm-hmm. in the league. There's no way yep. to really regress against that. And then you saw the two catches. You see who's running in front of him, and you see how they manufacture touches for everyone else but him. It's baffling. I don't understand it. it. The words are not matching the actions. Something is funky about this entire thing. I don't like it at all. And it's starting to get me afraid of other personal decisions that we'll get into because uh, you know I have thoughts on that as well. But specifically with Brandon Ayuk, if you told me that Trent Sherfield was playing better than him two weeks ago, what has Trent Sherfield do, done to lose that spot? Because it's not happening right. in the games. The guy had two snaps against the Packers. So where is the discrepancy? What is happening? And don't tell me in any way that Muhammad Sanu or Travis Benjamin are better than Brandon Ayuk at this point. I don't care if he even regressed. That's not even a conversation. And on the zip code, get your best players on the field and get your best playmakers the ball. Find a way to do it. You do it for everybody else. And you look at this receiving group. They dropped three of 18 catchable passes in this game. Muhammad Sanu dropped a huge third and 11 pass. Drops have been a consistent problem. They're the third worst in the league this year, 5.7% drop rate. In 2021, they were also the third worst. And in, I'm sorry, in 2020, they were also the third worst at 6.1%. 6, and in 2019, they were the sixth worst at 6%. So this team, it's an ongoing problem. They drop passes. I love Debo. He's had a great season, but he drops a lot of passes. It's not like you have guys who are playing above their heads and outplaying Ayuk. Nobody besides Debo is really doing anything. 
So, so I, I don't understand what the point is. And you don't even have George Kittle on the field. Yeah. I mean, that's what was, another what thing. was the plan? What was with, the plan? With, Kitt- with Kittle not there, doesn't it make, I mean, obviously Kyle Shanahan is much smarter than I am. And so are the people that are in that building, but I would look at it and say, Hey, maybe we could get Brandon Ayuk involved a little bit. What do you say? You know? And it's just, yeah. maybe, a, maybe a Brandon Ayuk's running that route on the throw to Benjamin that ends up in an interception. Maybe his long arm actually knocks that pass down. Like, why do you, why are you having five ten Benjamin in the middle of, of, traffic when you saw Brandon Ayuk do that two times in traffic in that game and all of last year it's just baffling I don't understand any of it I really don't Al and I don't understand how they're sitting at wherever their coach's table or wherever the hell they do and they're talking about their game plan for this week and they're like you know what's a good idea let's bring Travis Benjamin didn't play at all last year he's been on the practice (laughs) squad all year let's let's activate him and feature him in the first game with our 21 year old rookie quarterback that's a great idea look was it said did anybody say, yeah, yeah, yeah I Kyle, mean, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding what me? What else is funny, too? What else is funny, too, Al, is Sherfield and Lance had a connection in camp. I know that Sherfield was catching passes from everybody, but Lance was the one that was hitting him down the field. So right. if he had chemistry with anybody, it really was Sherfield. It's just, I mean, the more you talk about it, the more it just doesn't make sense. Al. And it's, it's so, Jay, it's so weird. Everything is just weird and just disjointed. And I think Kyle Shanahan's a pathological liar anyway. but. It's just strange and it looks dysfunctional. I'm just, all right, we got to move into Shanahan here. I'm just going to let you go off because I love what you said on your podcast. Just, I know you're frustrated. I'm super frustrated. We're probably going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about him, but just, just go off, man. I want to hear your opinions on on what's going on with Kyle this year. The problem is, is that I have high expectations for Kyle Shanahan, right? And for me, this game plan for Trey Lance should have been very easy. And I understand that the 49ers were in long down and distance their own reason, their own, it's all their fault that that's happened. But then when you look at penalties, okay, who does that fall on? The coach. He addressed it after the game saying, I right. need to find a way to get them better. You know, they're, they're, they're missing the protections on the first, on the first play of the game. I don't know whose responsibility that is. I'm not going to go all the way on Alex Mack or anything like that on that, because I don't know who's actually shifting their protection. I had heard that it's up to the quarterback to do that, but either way, Chandler Jones is on your right and he runs free at your quarterback. Okay. Can somebody figure this out? Like, how are we going to get along to these places, these little things, right? Daniel Brunskill is getting absolutely worked by J.J. Watt. Running that QB power into that section right there at J.J. Watt maybe is not the right thing to do. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'm not a play caller and I'm not an offensive mind. Um, when you talk about how many times Jimmy Garoppolo has had the open throws that he like sets up for him, where were those for Trey Lance? And I'm not even talking about deep shots. I am talking about throws that are intermediate, get him going, get him rolling. Um, the run game, Trey Sermon. What, what are we doing here? What, like, what did you right. trade up for Trey Sermon for, for him to get two snaps? I don't, I don't understand it. The, the, the grouping, the personnel doesn't make sense. Elijah Mitchell, nine carries, too far, far too little. Nine carries to 16 carries doesn't make sense. Should have been flipped if you were doing that with Lance and, and Elijah Mitchell when it comes to those. Things. Um, I'm, I'm just frustrated with there's no semblance of anything. They're just sleepwalking right now. There's no semblance of a plan. It doesn't seem like things are streamlined in any way. It just seems like it's, it's chaos. And that's what you mean by weird. And you expect, I expect more from this coach. Fifth year, you know, getting something that he said that, you know, is, is something that's vital to him, talking about a guy with legs and who can make things happen. When literally nothing's down the field, Trey Lance can make that happen. And all the positions he was put into were bad, in my opinion. They were just bad. And I, I just, I don't know where to go with this at this point because it's three straight weeks against subpar defenses. Um, and the offense looks bad no matter who's under quarterback. I mean, even though Trey Lance played well in this game, I just don't know how to fix it. I just know that 
there's a problem when Aaron Banks is not dressing. Um, when right. you know certain players, L- Lenore, right? Like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the best coach on the field this past week was D'Amico Ryan's, hands down. Not even close. Not even Absolutely. something that I would even, I I never would have predicted that in this game, hands down. Rookie defensive coordinator is out coaching the coach right now, and the offense is not holding up its end of the bargain. And there's no play caller. And sometimes play callers go through funks. It happens. But there's no one to swap the play calling off to. And Kyle would never do that. I, I, I just don't understand what's the game plan. What were you practicing? Did you practice those QB powers the entire time? Why no more zone read? Why no more read option? Anything like that. Like, why did you put it all on Trey? And I'll, I'll pass it to you because I can keep going. <laughs> but I just, the personnel grouping, Trey Sermon needs to see the field more. And if Elijah Mitchell was on a snap count, that doesn't really make sense because it was only really him, Juice, and Sermon on the field. And Sermon only got two two snaps in this game. Right. And the play that stuck out to me the most was the, the fourth and one with the use, the use check play, <sighs> where it looked like if you watched the replay at first when he ran that, I said to myself, what, why the hell are you running? You did it two weeks ago where you ran use check. Like, of course they're going to know what's coming when he's under center. And, but you watch the replay. It looks like Trent Williams is pulling out mm-hmm. and it looks almost looks like Lance is waiting for the ball. Wonder if use check was supposed to snap that and pitch it to Lance. If he did that, Lance probably had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great creative play. And you're like, Oh, okay, well it didn't get run right. And Shannon had said something in the press conference that things were wrong on that play. But I'm not, to me, I don't say like, Oh, well you checked it and do what he was supposed to. I'm starting to think, well, why the hell didn't he do what he was supposed to? Why is he not prepared? That play set up. How the hell did he not know how to pitch that ball? Yeah. That's coaching. There's some kind of disconnect. There's some kind of disconnect there. If that happened, that's a huge issue. And what we talked about this, I think Zane and I, a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy gets killed, right? Jimmy gets destroyed and, and, and some of it's warranted. But let me ask you a question, Jay. He's been in the system for how many years? About four and a half years, whatever it's been. Has he gotten yep. better? No. Who, I mean, who is that on? Is that on Jimmy? Right. Did, did I mean, Nick and, Mullins get did Nick Mullins get better? Did CJ Beathard get better? The answer, that's I mean, the, no, that's the fear. Right? That's the fear, Al. That's the fear, honestly. I think that's the fear of all of that coming back in. You know, I can't really put it right yet on Trey Lance, but you're making great points here with this. I mean, absolutely making great points. I just it it just feels weird. And I think that what Kyle was doing was something that hit in 2019. All right. So in 2019, um, the, the Panthers game, there is uh, that backside handoff to Debo Samuel. Like he, it was out of the funky formation where he comes from tight end and he gets in. It's an easy walk-in touchdown, right? Fast mm-hmm. forward to that Saints, that Saints game that year. They run the same thing, but instead he tosses the, the, the pitch to Sanders and Sanders tosses it to Mostert. So I think what happened was now that I've, I've got that information because I saw that same tweet out. Um, I think that Kyle was, because he had to put that on tape two weeks ago, was trying to get that going. And it would have been a beautiful call because they all bit on the on the idea that it was going to be juice. And that's why it obviously got stopped. But yeah. again, why is it not executed? And that falls on the coach. Why are you not? If you're going to run that, why is your team not sharp? It's week five. October is when you want to start playing better football. You want to keep, you know, this is the fifth week already at this point. Why? Why are they not prepared? In Shanahan's offenses get a lot of yards, yards. Um, but I was looking uh, pro football reference the other day, and I looked at his point totals since he's been head. Well, no, he's been coaching, so offense coordinator and head coach. So his teams have ranked second. Atlanta was second in points in 2016. The Niners were third in 2019. After that, 11th, 12th. He's currently 15th with the Niners this year. 
15, 17, 19, 21, 24, 25, 27, 27, 30. So other than a couple years, they've they've only had two, he's only had two top 10 offenses in, in, in 14 years. And again, to me, it's like, I look, I'm not saying Kyle should be fired. I am not saying that. I just think we're at to the point right now where he deserves criticism and we need to start questioning some things. That's kind of where I'm at with it. So his offenses have been good yardage wise, but points wise, there's only been a couple of years uh, that look like outliers where they've really exploded. And, and of course, people are going to blame, well, what quarterbacks has he had? Okay. In the one year he did have Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan did win the MVP. I, I, I get that. But at some point he has to make these quarterbacks better and Lance is the final test. It works with Lance or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, he's not the coach anymore. I, I mean, right. it's just that simple. Yeah. And I think that you're absolutely right. Where he does deserve criticism. And you're literally talking to a Kyle Shanahan supporter through and through. He does he deserves criticism, but I don't want him fired at the same time, right? So I mean, it's right. just what's going to happen? How are you gonna change it? And I don't think we're gonna get those answers. That's just not how Kyle is. Kyle's not gonna tell anybody because obviously he doesn't want that out there, but he's never been, like you said, forthcoming with everything as well, too. So you just have to hope that this bye week clears their head. The the first thing that I want to hear, and this is gonna be a, a long week, out a long week with the discussion between who it's going to be back and forth. And you know what? One more thing that I have to say about Kyle Shanahan that I really didn't like, um, the press conference yesterday. Making the joke about, oh, well, I told Jimmy, you're going to have company and rehab, you know, huh? Is that funny? I don't find right. that funny. Oh, my God. I can't believe he said that. I don't not find funny. that funny. Is that, is that your attempt at humor? Because that's not funny. Do you think that that's what uh, any uh, good co- – you think Bill Belichick would say something like that? Do you think that – um, one of those coaches would say something like that. Right now, you're going to say something like that? The kid just had his first start. And you're laughing and joking about the fact that both your quarterbacks, and you might have to play Nate Sudfeld, worst case scenario, are going to be rehabbing together? Come on, Kyle. Come on. Which would be, if Sudfeld played, that would be the fourth time in five years he's had to play three quarterbacks in a season. You just can't win that way. You can't do it. And another reason I think why, why I'm nervous right now, Jay, is if you look at, again, people always want to say, like, they want to wipe the slate clean with a new coach and say, oh, the ownership group, they get it now. They get it now. This is what worries me. Dennis Erickson, Mike Nolan, mm-hmm. Mike Singletary, you bring in Jim Harbaugh, right? Those were three of the most fun years with the 49, right? The team is loaded. They're well coached. You know every game, they're, they're, they're going to be right there. Three state NFC championship games. They start out five and three in 2014. Then you start to hear whispers, right? Starts to fall apart. And people say like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Jed and Jim are fine. You don't know what you mean. Everything's fine. You're a hater. This and the other thing. Whole thing falls apart, right? So things started to leak. You started to see things. It, it, went, went, it went totally south. Now, I always say it wasn't that they got rid of Harbaugh because Harbaugh's crazy. So maybe they had to get rid of Harbaugh. It wasn't that they got rid of him. It's what they did after they got rid of him. Tom Sula. And then I think the only reason they fired Tom Sula was because of the pressure from the fan base. I don't think Jed thought there was going to be that kind of pressure from the fan base. And the fans went nuts. To fire Tom Sula, instead of saying, all right, we got to start clean here. They keep bulky. They bring in Chip Kelly. You completely waste a season. 2016 was a complete waste of a season. And then you bring in Shanahan. Gary Plummer told me, and this isn't like back, you know, back in from back in information. Like he said it on this podcast. Jed didn't hire Jed did not hire Kyle Shanahan. Denise Denise York did. 
Gary Plummer said it to me on this podcast. He said that his mom was getting embarrassed. She said, enough of this Tom Cable stuff. We're hiring Kyle. Th- that's what he said to me on. You can go back and listen. That's, that's what he said. So now everybody's like, okay, we got, we got Kyle and Lynch. Everything's great. Jed's learned his lesson. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. And then they make the Super Bowl and it's like, okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we did get this right. But then now things are starting to look weird again. So, so, so maybe they did get it right. And maybe this is just going to be a blip on the radar. And in a year from now, we're going to be looking back and laughing at this. But from what we've seen in the past, how can you not be at least a little worried? Right? <laughs> yeah. I when mean, people, 49, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, see, when people show you who you are, believe them. When people yeah. show you who they are, believe them. Right? We've kind of seen this movie before. So mm-hmm. I hope people have learned their lessons. And I think Kyle Shannon is a good coach, but there's enough kind of weird stuff going on right now to, to at least put my antennas up a little bit. Yeah, 49 fans definitely have PTSD. I mean, you named all of the coaches and everything as well, too. And I think there are some parallels between the way Harbaugh left and what's going on now because Harbaugh had them on on the doorstep of three championships. I know that, you know, if they would have won, you know, the the first NFC championship, they probably won the Super Bowl that year. They were that close that second year. And we all know what happened in Seattle. And the same thing kind of goes right now. Kyle Shanahan gave this team, uh, I mean, this fan base, a, a taste of a chance at a Super Bowl. They were that close. And now team, you know, it, most of the time when you go to the Super Bowl, you continue to be a contender. You don't end up six and ten, you know, whatever the, the record is going to be right now. So I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, I think that 2019 is fun. It was it was a great year. Obviously, it didn't end the way that they wanted to, but it has to be pushed out of your mind at this point because it's going to be hard to get back there. And it, it's a little bit of a detriment because everybody kind of expected in this fan base and based on what everybody was saying around this team that they were going to get right back to that. So I think those expectations, when you couple that with the fan base and PTSD, it looks bad. And they definitely are worried that this is something like that. I don't think it's something like that. And obviously, like you said, we could be laughing about this in a month. It could be just a blip. But at the same time, I understand people who are absolutely nervous in the fan base and um, frustrated, to say the least, just like we are with with uh, with how the season's um, unfolding. And they can't have 10 losses again. I, I just how how can you justify 10? They've they've lost 10 games five of the last six years. The only two other franchises that have done that are the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Giants. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty bad, man. They can't lose 10 yeah. games again. Just can't happen. And Josh Dubo, I don't know if that's how I say his name. But he tweeted, 50 coaches have been with one team for at least parts of five seasons since 2000. Kyle Shanahan's 449 win percentage with 49ers ranks 46. The only ones who are worse are Gruden, Jeff Fisher, Jim Schwartz, and... Oh, Jay Gruden, Jeff Fisher, Jim Schwartz, and Doug Marone. So, again, he's got to start winning. And one thing that people will often say, well, they did say before the last week and a half when everything went to hell, but... Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. If he was on the open market, almost every team would dump their coach for him. So I was thinking about that. Now, I want to go through with you. Why don't we go through the teams and we'll say yes or no. If Kyle Shanahan was on the open market, they would, they would want to flip their coach for him. You want to give this a shot and see how we do? Let's, let's do it. This sounds fun. All right. All right. All right. We'll start. Let's start with the AFC East and go through. Sean McDermott. No. The Bills. Absolutely not. I agree. He's doing a great job there. There's no way. Belichick, yeah. we don't even have to talk about. No. Uh, Brian Flores with Miami. Uh, maybe, but I wouldn't call that a slam dunk as far as far as people think it is. I mean, I, I, I believe Kyle Shanahan's a better coach, but I wouldn't say that Miami would make that move. Okay. I'm going to say yes, just because they're like one in four. And the two a thing looks like shit and right, I'll go right. yes on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Robert Sala, I think with some of these new coaches, 
for me anyway, I mean, it's up to you what you want to do, but I got to give him an incomplete because we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And, and I, would, know, I would say the same exact thing. Okay. All right. So we'll do that. All right. So Flores, did you want to say yes or no with that? I'll say yes on Flores. I think uh, I, okay. I, I just really, I was, you know, getting to see him in Mobile. I really, really think that he's a really good coach. I just think that circumstances right now, maybe there's something that's a little bit of a change, but I really think that last year, the way he had them playing for a little while, I just think his biggest mistake was not sticking with Fitz. But yeah, I mean, I could see you saying yes about that though. Okay. Uh, Tomlin. No. No way. I agree. Uh, Harbaugh. Nope. Great. No way. Stefanski. Nope. Agree. I think they got to be thrilled with what he's doing there. Yep. Zach Taylor and Cincy. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, and again, we'll see maybe at the end of the season, we'll say no if Cincy ends up still playing well and they're 11 and six or whatever. But I think right now, I think you make that change. Agree. Mm-hmm. Brandon Staley with the Chargers. You, I mean, he's no. been great, but you probably got to give him an incomplete, right? If we got to say, I would probably, and, and the way he's been coaching so far, I mean, I know, I know it's early, uh, you know, it, could lean towards no. Like I really like what they're doing over there. Agree, agree. They're going to be a, they're going to be a problem for a while. Vic Fangio. Yes. Agree. Okay. The Raiders, I think, would take anybody right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean that that yeah. would be that would be the first team I would call if there was an, if there was this phantom trade to move. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Uh, Andy Reid. No. No way. All right. All right. Frank Reich. That's an interesting one. That's. To me. That is interesting because he gets a lot of credit for the Eagles Super Bowl, right? Because, yeah. you know, obviously what, after, what happened after that was, you know, Doug Peterson, you know, couldn't put it together. And a lot of people pointed to the fact that Frank Reich left and he went over to Indianapolis. So that one's tough I, because he doesn't have on his own as a head coach resume, right, himself. It's only been one year. So that's tough. Right. I'm going to say I'd say yes, but I wouldn't be shocked if they said no. I would say no. And, and the reason I say no is what does Frank Reich do that Kyle Shanahan doesn't or hasn't? Are they kind That's of true. the same dude? You, you know what I mean? I know I kind of feel like, like it's similar. Like I feel like he's this really good offensive coach who frustrates the hell out of his fans. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right. So we'll say I'm going to say no, but Jay says yes on that one. Okay. Um, Vrabel. Ooh. No, I, I because don't I, think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I say no because I think that that culture over there, it's so, it's so. He's so. Part, that's him. They, like that's his building right now, and, I, right. and that's something that I admire about him. And they're they're they've gone pretty far in the playoffs, and they're winning games, and they're building something. I don't think they would ever want to. Yeah, you know, I think they want to stay with that. Mm-hmm. All right, Houston Caldwell. I, I, I guess we got to give him an incomplete, but that's just such a shit show. I think I think it's yes, but I don't think he'd ever go back there. Yeah, agree. And then Jacksonville, yes, too, because I, I know they're two new coaches, but Urban Meyer, they yeah. probably can't wait to get the hell away from. Right. Well, Balky do. Oh, right. Bal- wow, Balky. I still can't believe he's even a GM, man. I like, <laughs> I like put that out of my mind. Every time people say that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. He's actually in the league. Okay. All right. So we'll say yes for those guys. All right. We'll go over to the NFC. So when the AFC, we have eight coaches that we would not replace him for. Hmm. So, okay. So it's about half, and we'll get some incomplete. Sorry, so we'll, we'll figure it out later. All right, NFC, we have Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Yes. I'm going to say no okay. because of how well they're playing this year. I don't okay. think – I think Dak is playing well. I think that defense is playing well. They're 4-1. I think they're like a 12-win team this year. I really do. So I'm going to say no. I think that uh, a lot of the successes, um, the credit is being given to Kellen Moore right now more than it is Mike McCarthy because he's trying – 
every every hard he's trying as hard as he can to lose games for them with with time management like he's definitely <laughs> trying that. so i mean he's trying his hardest so yeah i mean that's why i would say yes um just because um Kellen Moore would leave but but Kyle Shanahan would be that mind that they would want um offensively and imagine him with Dak and those weapons yeah would he be running uh quarterback powers with with that oh you had to do it didn't you I knew, I knew something <laughs> like that was gonna come up uh, all right all right um Giants Joe Judge is another shit show yeah yes. probably um Philly I think I would give an incomplete we don't know anything about Sirianni yet in my opinion I agree with that. Uh, uh, Washington, I think in terms of results, Ron Rivera and Shanahan are the same dude. Been to the Super Bowl once. Well, I mean, you could say that Shanahan's been there twice as an offensive coordinator. I can see it. Oh, man, that one's hard. Um, just because Ron Rivera, I mean, obviously, the, 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 the reason that I don't think it happens is because Kyle would probably retire before he gets traded back to Washington or something like that. But right, I mean, never, Ron, yeah, yeah. Right. But Ron Rivera, when he went there, he pretty much looked everybody in the front office and said, we're changing everything here. Like, I'm not going to stand for any of this. So they're invested in him one way or another. So I don't know. I mean, I would say no. I mean, but let's just say let's just wipe the slate clean. And Washington, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was never a Kyle Shanahan in Washington. Then I'd probably say yes. I, I would say that. Yes. Okay. Let me take that back. All right. I'm going to say no with that just because I think they're kind of the same dude. I, I don't think it's okay. that much of a, they're not the same coach, but in mm-hmm. terms of results that we've seen, I, I don't, I don't know. There's a huge difference. All right. Um, Detroit, the most entertaining hey. coach in the league right now. Dan uh, Campbell. And you, <laughs> and you know, what's funny as much crap as I gave Dan Campbell, man, seeing him cry at that podium, I was like, man, that guy actually really cares. And I'll give him that. I mean, yeah. yes, they were probably, but again, it's incomplete. Who knows, right? Dan Campbell could prove us all wrong and be building something over there. Those guys are playing their butts off for him. So I, I would say incomplete right now. Obviously, who's the better, you know, you know, football mind? That's fine, you know, and everything. But I would yeah. say incomplete. Agree. Yeah, Detroit's playing hard. Look, they've been yeah. in games. They're they're hanging yeah. around. So when they get some talent, they might be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Packers, Matt LaFleur. Oh, man. This one is... I don't know, man. Matt LaFleur has won 13 games each year. I mean, I know that that yeah. helps that he has Aaron Rodgers as well, too. Um, Man, I would because then you get Shanahan with Rodgers, but I don't think they would. I don't even know. Yeah, if I, really. you're kind of running the Shanahan type offense anyway. And in, in LaFleur, whatever the hell his record is right now, 40 and eight or whatever the hell he is. I don't mm-hmm. even it's insane. I, I don't think there's any way for, for me. That's a huge no. OK, I don't think they would do it. Um, here's another interesting one, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the time up by the time with Zimmer is a little bit up right now. I think they would make that mm-hmm. move. I think so. I would say yes, right here, only just because it's at this point in Zimmer's career. Okay, I think I agree with that. Yeah, Chicago, Matt Nagy. Yeah, I think they would. Yeah, I think they do that too. Yes. All right, New Orleans, no way, no way, no. Tampa Bay, no way. Nope. Um, Carolina. I like, I like, uh, I like, um, what's his name? Matt rule. I like him a lot. Um, and I understand that everybody's pointing to the Panthers perform, uh, you know, opponents for their, their, their performance, man, that's hard because again, I, I was able to see him at the senior bowl. And what he does is he's polar opposites with Brian Flores, like Brian Flores, um, starts the practice and he breaks it down. Matt Rule was a position coach, basically all the positions, lineman, tight end, wide receiver. He's so hands-on and so um, optimistic. Like, I really like what they're building over there. That's tough, man. 
Um, I think because of the results and everything, I think you can say that Kyle would go there, but that's hard. I actually like Matt Rule a lot. Yeah, I think, again, I think they're building to something that you wouldn't you wouldn't change there. So I, I think I would give that a no there. Okay. Uh, Atlanta, probably incomplete. We don't know anything about yeah. Arthur or whatever the hell his name is. And Arthur Smith um, is kind of running Shanahan stuff too. Yeah, similar, right? So, yeah. All right, now here's, <laughs> this is where this Here gets interesting go. to me because, all right, you're talking about the coaches in your division, okay? Pete Carroll, no, no way, no way. Guy's a borderline Hall of Famer if he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, Sean McVay, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. McVay is wins 10, 12 games every year. He's been to a Super Bowl too. No way. Yep. Cliff Kingsbury. Ah <sighs> oh, man, because I have a bone to pick with Cliff Kingsbury, right? Like I feel biased, right? Like I understand they're five and zero, but I just I really believe that it is Kyler Murray that is the engine that runs that offense, and I'm not really in love with his play calls or play design. Um, right. <sighs> I mean, tough, as of right? right now, he's not really done anything. Yeah, this one's this one's actually tough. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna be biased, and I'm gonna say Kyle should go over there, and they should they should make that happen if they if they want to win more. If they were able to, <sighs> yeah. This is something I, I feel like I could answer better at the end of the season because they're five and zero. Oh. You know, again, if they make a playoff run, you're gonna say no way. Um. Oh man, mm-hmm. people are gonna kill me if I no- say no on this one. Um, and, and the thing is, is who would have thought October 12th that we would have a discussion like this and you would even be considering this? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, God. Am I going to be a homer and say yes? Yeah, I guess I am. Place. You know what? I have to say no, because if I'm thinking about this objectively, where we are right now in week five of the 2021 season, they're five and oh, and it looks like they're building to something. And I don't like yeah. his play design either, but sometimes it's about more than the plays you're calling, right? It's about the culture and things like that as a head coach. So I got to say no. And people can tweet at me and tell me I suck after that. That's fine. But <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. So here's what we got, Jay. Ready? You had him. I think you had him like a top like 13-ish. You had about 13 mm-hmm. coaches that you want to take. And mm-hmm. I had 17. Is mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan the Jimmy Garoppolo of coaches? Is he a top oh. 17 coach? Was that the was that the 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 point of the exercise was to to make this point? It was not. Gracious. I just <laughs> I just thought of that. I'm that witty. I just thought of that just now. He's not. Um, but no, I'd like so, to think so. Okay, I'd like to so think I he's think, not. Yeah, he's not. No, I think I think at his best he he can be a top tenish coach. But I also think the notion of like if he was out there, all these teams would be jumping over themselves. Uh, a, a solid number of teams would would I think be very interested. But I don't think like twenty teams would be. I think it would be more like six, I guess. Right. So, and I'm glad I'm glad that we did this too. I'm glad that we did this too because I think in my mind too, when this question was raised, you know, how many weeks ago when I was laughing this this type of thing off, I was like, man, it's like maybe five to seven teams that I could see that you know, or five to seven teams that would be out on him. But now that we've gone through it, a little bit more than that, honestly, when you really when you think about what's going on, so. And that's why I was thinking about this this morning because there is all this heat on him, and but it was always said like. Well, if he was out there, yeah, you know, your Tomlins, your Harbaugh's, your Belichick's, those guys wouldn't be interested, Reed. But most other teams would. Well, not really. Not really. You know, there's a lot of coaches doing good things out there. So it was pretty interesting. All right. A couple more things I want to hit on here, Jay, was the first is this George Kittle injury. And look, Kittle is an all-world player. I don't love the way they use him. I would like to see him be targeted more in the offense and that sort of thing. To see him get hurt again like this, it's just another thing that like when you look at the way things have gone for this team, 
Kittle played eight games last year, right? So he missed eight games and he's going to miss at least three this year. So he's missed what now 11 of his last, what 20, what would it be week seven when he comes back 11 of his last 23 games? Like that's, that, that's a little bit scary. You know how many touchdowns he has? Two, five in his Two? last, wow. in his last 14, last 12 games. I think it is. So like, that's a little bit scary, man. And in the injury, there was the past that I know we hurt his ankle, but then Garoppolo threw him kind of that high ball that he jumped for. And he came down and it looked like he tore his knee initially. And that, that play really pissed me off because I'm just looking at it. And you, if you remember the Arizona game last year, Jimmy throws him the high ball and he gets hurt in week one. And it was the same thing here. It was kind of a high pass. And you could argue whether or not he had to jump. Bottom line is if, if that's at his face mask, his numbers are lower. He's not getting hit there. And to see that happen with your $16 million tight end, I don't know. It just, it, it pissed me off. And I, I'm just, I'm so sick of these injuries. And they say like, always oh, on IR to be three weeks. You know how the Niners are with injuries. Who even freaking knows? And to say that that hit, hit didn't do anything. Okay. Maybe it didn't make the ankle worse, but certainly his knee bending sideways or whatever the hell happened. Didn't, didn't help anything. Of course it's, it, it's, and he played through the ankle. Now all of a sudden he's out. You mean to tell me? That that didn't do anything. So I don't know. It just it really pissed me off. I don't even know where I'm going with this, to be honest with you. I'm just I'm tired of the injuries. I'm tired of big parts of this team being out. And I know injuries are part of football, but for the Niners, it's been absolutely ridiculous how many injuries they've had and how much it's affected the last however many seasons. Right. And, and, you know, going into this, uh, coming into this from this offseason, you know, the, the thing that I kept harping on, well, there's no way that all of these injuries can happen again. And it keeps happening. And, and here, I'm not here to tell you how to fix it. I'm not sports medicine, anything like that. But to have it to the guy that you're invested so much in, basically, at this point, if it's not Fred Warner, the face of your franchise, right? I mean, I would say outsiders looking in would say that the first guy that they think of with the 49ers is probably George Kittle or maybe, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, something like that. But he's one of the faces of the mm-hmm. franchise. You have all this money invested in him. Um, you feel like you, you know, you're getting all world play, like you said, when he's on the field, because he's essentially an extra lineman who can block. And I agree with you. I would love to see him targeted more because I think he gets disrespected as a route runner. And I think that a lot of people attribute his success to, well, kind of Kyle Shanahan scheming him open. I don't think that people understand that, you know, just last year he was routing up Stefan Gilmore, who was coming off a defensive uh, player of the year, um, you know, award winning year. So it's, it's frustrating because I don't know what to do with it. And when you were talking about that high throw, I mean, I know a quarterback who can make those same high throws. He costs way less as well, too. I mean, and I and, and that's, right. you know, that's another thing. Like, it's just all those things combined. It's like you keep hanging this guy out to dry. Um, And, and the calf thing, right? I know that people want to point to, well, he plays very physically. That he does. But if this was a high, it was upper body injury, shoulder, arm, you know, forearm, um, knee, I mean, not knee, elbow. And maybe I could buy that, but a calf, I don't know what happened there. Like where, where did that one come from? So, and I know that calf, mm-hmm. you know, automatically gets scary because then you start to get about Achilles, but it is frustrating. And it's just, I don't knock him. You know, there's nothing that you can really do about it. You know, the guy's going to play as hard as he can because he only knows one speed. And that's what everybody loves about George Kittle. But yeah, you know, you made this guy the highest tight end in a uh, highest paid tight end in the league history. And the return that you're getting right now, unfortunately, isn't what you would have expected. And uh, I'm not here to, you know, take a dump on, on, on George or anything like that. It's just, you know, these, these are the facts. He just, he just misses a lot of games and, it, and it's frustrating because it's, it's always been, especially with the um, excuses that Kyle Shanahan has been afforded. Well, this guy's banged up. Wait till the offense gets all together, but the offense is never all together. And, and I don't know, I don't know how to fix that. And I don't know who that falls on at this point. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm not saying I have the answers, you know, just like you just said, I, I, have, I have no idea what the answers are. I just know what's frustrating as hell. I think everybody feels the same way. We want to see Kittle on the field. He's, he's super talented. We want to see him involved in the offense. It's just to the point where like, when does this end? If it ever ends, I don't know. So we have the bye. Thank God this week. Cause I can't take any more. Um, <laughs> but what, what are your expectations or just what do you want to see after the bye for these next 12 games? If it, if you can, and obviously you would want them to, you know, to run off whatever and go to the Super Bowl. But re- realistically, just what are some things you want to see from this team the second half of, the, of their season? I, I want them to start Trey. I want them to use this week to get him healthy, but also implement a plan. I mean, where are these plays that you were drawing up leaving Justin Fields pro day? Were they all QB powers? Was that was that the play? <laughs> you know, like, uh, is that what we're doing, Kyle? Like, I want you to take this week. Figure out what you want to do. Implement a game plan for him because you just watched Lamar Jackson, who I know that like I know that. You know, Trey's not Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson was running all over the Colts and, and throwing all over them. You can get those things going because those cornerbacks are suspect. Um, and I think at this point, what would be a successful season is maybe a playoff berth, but realistically, a winning season and things moving in the proper direction with the development of Trey Lance. If he continues to ascend during the season and let's say they just maybe miss out on the playoffs by one game or even make the playoffs and maybe lose in the first round, but things are looking good with Trey Lance and they, and they, you know, they roll down the stretch and they play well, then that's all you can really ask for. It's really at this point, people need to focus on the, the, what's really in front of them. Maybe you can make the playoffs because it's still not over. Two and three is absolutely not the season being over, but at the same time, are we ready to see this development? And when does it start? I think that having a bye week getting him healthy, implementing that game plan, I think this is the perfect time to go and stick with the kid, but I have a sneaking feeling that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about where it's going to go too, but but I agree with you. I think when you made that trade, you made it about Lance, and you kind of made it about the next five plus years, not about this year. And I think people had unrealistic expectations in the sense that everybody kept talking. Well, well, you know, we got these guys on one year deals, and it's 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 we got we got to get to the Super Bowl this year. To me, I, I looked at it as listen, you've been in the playoffs four times in the last what eighteen or nineteen years. It's not about the Super Bowl this year. It's about sustaining winning like the Seahawks do, like the Steelers do. You don't have to be the, the Patriots. Rams or the Rams, exactly. Yes, exactly. You're, you're just, you're in the mix every year. The Packers, teams like that. That's what I thought it was about. And I would like to see them start building to that. For, forget about this year. You're not good enough. If you want to argue, oh, we should be 5-0, and oh, you're, you're not 5-0. and oh. You lost, you played three good teams. You found a way to lose to all three of them you're not good enough and you're not going to be good enough. So to me, what's the sense of starting Jimmy and going nine and eight or 10 and seven, and maybe you get in the playoffs and you lose again. Maybe you don't start Lance build towards the next five years. That's what I want to see. Start getting the players used to playing with him, start developing the offense around him. And if you do that to me personally, I don't even care if you go six and six and what will be six and 11. I, I don't care because now you're building towards something. This in and out and mismoshed and we don't know what we're doing and, and, and we're going to go nine and eight. It's ridiculous. Kyle's going to be here next year regardless. If they go, what are they? If they go two and 15, Kyle's probably still going to be here next year because yep. York decided to give him a three-year extension when he had three years left on his deal. So he's, he's probably going to still be here next year regardless. So just build to next year. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And that's Trace what I think the future. The- yep. Go ahead. No, no, I think that's the problem is the expectations of this season, right? And, and you know, I kind of I took a little flack in the offseason for saying, hey, 
Um, I know that the goal every year should be Super Bowl. And, and yes, maybe this roster can compete for it. But I always felt like, like, you know, I, what I said earlier, a building in the right direction, you know, is Trey Lance developing, you know, um, a, a year of maybe making the playoffs and losing in the first round. That sounds awful. I know the 49er fans don't want to hear that, but if things are moving in the right direction, this is not a one year thing, you know, like this is supposed to be the future. So at this point right now, why not? While you know you can still be competitive in these games because we just watched them in Arizona. If they clean up the penalties and they and they execute just a little bit better, um, they'll put more points up on the board. Um, I just think that it, it, it's at this point you've got to see what you've got here and 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 just go with it. There, that old school way of everybody needs to sit that's out the window. Do you think that the Chargers are happy that Justin Herbert started? Yes. Do you think that right. Joe Burrow is is fine? Yes. And and I understand that you know that these guys had longer college careers. They're a little bit older. That's fine and all. But at the same time, this whole tried and trusted, you know, the rook's got to sit and he's got to hold the clipboard. I don't know if that's necessarily all the way the way when you're talking about how to develop quarterback. And you just made a great point for as disjointed as this game just looked. If you make like two of the fourth downs, you might have won this game. I don't know, 24 to 17, right? With your rookie QB playing like a rookie QB. You can win with him. You can, especially if you build an offense around him. So I I think that's where they got to go. We need to, I always talk about reality, right? We need to get into reality and see where we are. This is not a Super Bowl team build to the future. So that's kind of where I am with that. So, all right, Jay, do you got anything else, man? You want to go over? We feel good. How do you feel? Um, I feel good. I, I feel like I've got it all out of my system. I can be go back to being happy, go lucky. Uh, the last two podcast appearances I've had with my own and this one have felt like therapy sessions. And I'm glad that I was here to talk with somebody uh, that I respect and admire and is, is much smarter than I am. And this is a blast. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. We'll definitely have you back. Tell everybody where they can find you, though. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. Um, on YouTube, you can just type in Jason Aponte. Um, Sprint Ride Option podcast twice a week with uh, my guy, Andrew Pasquini. Um, a, a bunch of other podcasts on my page as well, too. But um, YouTube and Twitter is where you can find me. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And also 49ers Goldmine. Um, sometimes I write, uh, I write some stuff up for them when I, uh, when I get the itch to write again. You know, it just hasn't, it hasn't been there for me right now. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate the time today, Jay. Thanks for coming on. Zane will be back. I don't know if we're going to have a show next week or not. I don't even know if I could take it anymore. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> but if not, we'll be, back, we'll be back the following week uh, with Zane back as a co-host. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This is Al. We'll see you.